Welcome to episode 492 of The Sleeper and the Bust. It is Thursday, August 31st. I'm your host, Paul Spore, joined by Eno Saris. Eno, we're almost at September, dude. What's going on? Yeah, actually, uh, this is not a good season for Team Entropy. I feel like um, today I was asked to call what the, in my chat, I was asked to call who would be the wild cards, and I didn't think too hard. I went Angels and Yankees, and don't think the Yankees slide is going to keep going. Okay. And um, and the other one, it's the, it's the two. You called the Angels before you before you even knew that Justin Upton was there. And uh, I thought at the time that Buxton might be really hurt. Yeah. yeah, yeah. So maybe um, that was premature. However, I still think looking at the Twins. They have a garbage rotation, and they have a garbage bullpen. And generally, with Sano out, I don't find the lineup that... And, and he had to go get some more tests. And I don't know if that was just a normal procedure, but it was written up as as a headline suggesting to me that there was uh, something rather unexpected about Sano having to get more tests on um, his shin, foot, leg, something. Shin contusion? Something like that, yeah. yeah, yeah. And I, I'm really surprised that Buxton's back out there. As soon as the word hammy gets, yeah. you know, used, I'm like four to six, and the power the power gets sapped when you come back. So maybe that'll, you know, not seemingly affect him. He'll get in the lineup, but it could affect this big power surge he's on. So in any case, uh, the Angels are are a no holes kind of team. They're kind of like a Cardinals team, where they've got you know decent players everywhere. Mm-hmm. And, uh, you know, Pujols is, I know he's a hole. At the same time, that is considering defense, and he's at a position that, you know, doesn't need defense. Yeah, and, I mean, he's, you know, I know that uh, RBIs on their own do not determine skill. Like, you don't look at an RBI total and say, oh, that guy's very good. But I do think that there are guys in their careers that emerge as quality RBI guys. They know how to get the run in from third, from second. And Pujols is definitely one of those guys. He's got 83 ribs on a team that is not great. Like, he has 232, 278, 387, triple slash, and he has 83 ribs. Part of that is Mike Trout just existing, of course. <laughs> but it's also, you know, when he does do damage, uh, it, 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 it's impactful for them. A 665 OPS with 21 homers and 83 ribs. At least he's doing something when he actually makes his contact. So, you know, there's something to be said for that uh, even though Pujols is the weak link there. Uh, they did get in they did get Justin Upton. We'll talk more about that in a moment. I do still think the the crazy thing about that AL wild card is each week it can change, man. If you have a six and one week, you are right back in it. You go two and five, uh, you fall right out of it. You know, you're on a win seven like the Orioles, and all of a sudden they're in it. But similar to what you said about the Twins, they have garbage rotation. Although they they do have a good bullpen still and some offense. So and the Royals, I think we could still see it mixed up a little bit with the AL wild card. But, but the, that's the it. Royals had like a thirty or forty percent playoff probability at one point, and now they're back down to five percent. So. I mean, it does go to your point that it is up in the air. But when I look at these teams, you know, I'm not even really interested in the Rangers. In fact, the Mariners are, are, you know, are two, I mean, they're two games in the lost column back of the Rangers. I'd rather have the Mariners team right now. I agree. So, you know, that requires the Mariners to kind of 
to leapfrog some people, so that makes it harder for them. The Royals seem the Mariners are on a loss five right yeah. now. Yeah. And that is just a disaster for them because you have Twins on win three, Angels win three, Orioles win seven, Rangers win two. They're up right now, I believe, against Houston as well. And Tampa Bay win one. All the teams ahead of them are on winning streaks, or at least the the Rays have won. You lose five in a row, that's so devastating to their chances when they're four back uh, for the Mariners. So they're not doing themselves any favors there so you know we'll see a little weirdness but i agree with you that even though there's all those teams there there's only a couple that really stand out and and i actually do think the and what team would you be afraid of seeing in a short in a short series i mean the yankees the yankees but the rest of them just like um so i mean orioles can run out bundy one day and then they run out some guys sweet sweet <laughs> well, Gossman, well you know yes can Gosman's been better, and maybe I gave the Orioles short shrift. Okay, let's 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 put the Orioles in there with the Angels. No, they could no, 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 no. they could they could make something happen. I mean, at least they have two good pitchers. The Angels have more like four guys that can go out there. Um, although, you know, what do you think of Andrew Haney? I've I've been impressed. I've been a long term fan, so yeah. I, I think that could be a really nice September piece for them. Um, you know, he's been a little up, a little mixed bag there through his first three starts, showing flashes. His last start out was really good. First two were wonky with seven homers against Baltimore and Texas, two of the other competitors uh, that obviously the Angels are facing. But I do think Heaney can be somebody that uh, that kind of changes things for the Angels. Tyler Skaggs, similarly there too. Uh, in addition, you know, Parker Bridwell keeps getting it done. I don't really believe in him. I actually believe in the other two guys yeah. more. My rotation order is is Haney Skaggs and then you know uh Richards just threw 40 pitches that would be something else if they could get him if they sneak in all of a sudden this is a, a very different team all of a sudden if Richards can throw 100 120 pitches in the postseason even 80 a man. Few times? I would take 80 oh for four or five innings and get it over to that bullpen which has been uh very successful this year they built a bullpen yeah. out of nothing which has been very impressive i think norris will come back and maybe he's not the greatest closer but he's actually a, a very good reliever i mean that should have been predictable he was a he was an okay starter he was going to be a good he reliever. started two three years longer than he should have he should have already been right. in the bullpen and i agree and i almost like him as a closer in that kind of sabermetric way where it's like okay he's not your best but he's in the ninth when he can get a three-run lead and empty bases let me get the better guys the blake parkers of the world and the usmero petites uh you know he just keeps getting it done too and he's a little bit more of a long relief guy so even if he did have a Garrett Richards who could only go really 80 pitches and it's four or five innings you Smero Petit can go two and then you're back into the bullpen like normal where it's where it's short and, and uh, Keenan Middleton Blake Parker uh, Jose Alvarez from the left side Cam Bedrosian Bud Norris you can start looking at them so I agree that the Angels could be some trouble and of course they have Mike Trout so anytime you have Mike Trout you can be dangerous give me a ballpark for Andrew Haney uh, I guess keeper value or, or rest of season at this point they're pretty similar what what number would you what um, sort of ranking? I think he's, he's like easily a, top seventy five, right? That, he's, that, that was he's exactly a, what I was going to say. Was he's a mixed league starter. He's a mixed league starter. Mm-hmm. Is he better? I mean, right now he's showing some of the best velocity of his career. Ninety three miles an hour. 
the fresh and, ligament. And even with the uh, with with the home runs in those first games, I mean, he has a four or five homer per nine right now. He was still <laughs> missing bats and not walking guys. It was just the homer. So the command was a little bit off, but the control was even there. And so that's like one thing that I do like. At least it wasn't command and control where he has five walks and five homers per nine. It's four and a half homers, right. too, way too many homers, but right. no walks. And so – I, I don't know. I, I think he could definitely pop up into the top 60 the rest of the way uh, if he continues on the trajectory that we're seeing with these skills for Andrew Heaney. So I, I really like him. I definitely think he's somebody he should be owned in just about every league format right now, uh, at least as a bench guy that you can – one of those bench streamers, as you and I like to call them, where you're going to move them rotation to bench, rotation to bench, as opposed to put them back out of the wire and possibly lose them. I wish, so, I wish we talked about him a little bit earlier. It's me a culpa to you guys because – I did actually uh, pick him up. He was my final pickup in AL Labor. I blew my wad. I, I spent 11 bucks on him. He's my last guy uh, that I picked up for the season. And um, I don't know. I think I'll probably end up, um, you know, fifth or sixth in the league. It's going to be a disappointment. Um, and it's all based on stupid stolen bases. I God, I hate you stolen bases. God. Stolen bases have been... Uh, have been a uh, Colette's issue for a while. And in, especially in, in, labor. The, in the American League, there are like three guys who steal bases. <laughs> run, right? Yeah, you have to like pay up through the nose for Altuve. And I was there. I was there on Altuve to like 65 bucks. And I just thought, this is way too much money. And now I kind of wish I'd gone the whole way just because he steals bases. So. He would have doubled yeah, what, by himself, doubled else? my stolen base total for the year. And I thought I did okay by buying Lindor and Tim Anderson yep. and and uh, Eddie Rosario. And I got a couple other guys, but everybody stopped running. Lindor um, has gone all Willie Mays Hayes on you. He thinks he's a power hitter out here. And then so he's yeah. going for the homers. Yeah, I mean um, – Outside of Altuve with 29, you got Whit Merrifield, 26. No one really knew that was coming, so that wasn't something that you could have really attacked at the auction. Lorenzo Cain is somebody that you could have eyed, and he had 20, he's got 24. Uh, Elvis Andrews, you could have gotten in and said, I'm going to get 20-something, and then it would have been a boon that you get 16 homers, too, because he's had a huge season. In some ways, I would rather I skimped a little on Zevlin Door and gotten Andrews and maybe – Bought Kane over Rosario or something. I, yeah. Money wise, it might have worked Obviously, out. You know? but that's 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 looking yes, backwards. That's, that's twenty twenty hindsight there. So uh, yeah. it, it it is difficult, but hopefully you can make a run there, and hopefully Heaney's a part of it. So definitely take a look at your waiver wires, see if he's available. We'll talk a little about Justin Upton here a little bit more. I, Tigers are are in focus today, and it, it's weird for a team. Um, you know, that's I, I think they're in last. Maybe the White Sox are in last. Yeah, actually, the Tigers are in fourth. But it's weird for a bottom feeder to be in focus on August thirty first. Well, it's because this is the waiver trade deadline, and they still have pieces that have cleared. They still have Justin Verlander hanging out there. Uh, Alex Wilson, I think Shane Green made it through. Nick Castellanos made it through. And, of course, Justin Upton's already been dealt. Again, we'll talk about Upton in a moment. But question of the day is, uh, do you think Justin Verlander gets dealt? I mean... But by the way, before you answer, do you know when the deadline is? Because I don't think it's like the... I think it's uh, like 11.59 tonight as opposed to like the 4 o'clock thing of the of the non-waiver deadline i think because they're still talking about verlander getting dealt and it's already you know it's already past four central now yeah i i I don't know and also about the the question at hand i'm not sure i know either because i think giancarlo stanton has value 
above his contract and nobody even claimed him. Mm-hmm. So, you know, with Verlander, I think his his contract is a little bit closer to being underwater. And got about 58 mil left if if you're going to look at Justin Verlander. But it's a lot less than Stanton, right? It's like versus yes. 300 million. So Exactly. So, you know, can a team take on and now a month later they're taking on less money, so in terms of this year's budget. Mm-hmm. So it becomes a little more likely. Hey, this is what I would say. I think he should get dealt. I think the Astros need him. When I think about the Astros, I think this is a team that should win it all. And the stuff that makes me nervous is their rotation. I, I agree. And, you know, we saw Keiko, uh get bounced around a little bit again last night against Texas out in Tampa Bay. And, you know, who are they relying on? Uh, I think Colin McHugh pitched all right, but it was only four innings. I didn't see if there was a reason he left, whether it was pitch count run up or, or you know, something that had happened to him. But all I'd seen was that he threw about four and a third uh, in a low-scoring game. So that's not great. McCullers is due back soon, so that's good. Charlie Morton is solid, but he's your solid 4-5. He's that guy that, that you can rely on at the back end, but he's not somebody that you're looking at in the playoffs. Mike Fires, obviously, you know, he's at the uh, whim of home runs. And he's back to giving them up in bunches again. And so he's not very effective. Yeah. Can you trust Brad Peacock in a playoff situation? He's been fantastic this he year. He lost, lost the plate, though. It, I mean, so so where do they go? And I, I agree with you that this team's all set up to be, uh, you know, the, the, the AL representative in the World Series on paper. But the way it's playing out right now, it, it hasn't really been there. So I think they would be well-suited to, to get somebody like Verlander. Over Verlander's last 15 starts, he has – and this, this includes one dud against Cleveland mixed in three and a third seven runs even with that in there over his last 15 he's got a 315 ERA 107 strikeouts in 97 innings and uh, just over a one whip as well so Justin Verlander's you know really gotten back on track he's been pitching brilliantly uh, down the stretch just the way he did last year took him a little longer to get going I think it was in uh, early May that he really took off last year this year was a little bit wonkier into uh, into June but since then he's really taken off and I think he would still be an asset and yeah at his age 34 you know paying him the money that they'd have to pay him the next two years you'd probably if you were mapping it out say you'd get one good year one bad year just to be you know conservative with the projection next year hopefully would be good and then maybe 36 uh for 28 mil you're thinking it might not be that great but you're thinking here and now if you're the Astros this is your shot I really do think they should they should try to make the move and because you're possibly paying all of that money it's not like they'd have to dismantle their farm system i think the tigers would want one one solid piece um you know and i don't know how much they would contribute to do that as well if you're taking all that money i don't even know yeah i don't it would be a play it'd have to be a player to be named later at this point either because you can't get that actual prospect through 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 waivers, uh, through waivers yeah. unless it's a, or it's a guy who's not on your 40 man which means it's a prospect who's further yep. away yep. yeah yep. Yep. so yeah like a decent a ball you know arm or something I, you know maybe maybe can be a little bit closer than that but like honeywell's not on the 40 man but i don't think i don't think you'd give up honeywell for verlander it would have to no, be, be the, much the worse tigers would have to pay a boatload in in a case like that if if, right. if there was an equivalent honeywell for the uh for the Astros. Oh God, is that is that a reason that Honeywell's not on the? I don't think. so. No, they wouldn't. They're, that's no, not what they that'd do. Be, that'd be not what they do. Yeah. Uh, to, that'd be like 
quadruple brain stuff right yeah. there. Yeah, it's just not going to happen. To your point about <laughs> uh, you know guys have to get through or or the returns aren't going to be substantial. Justin Upton was dealt to the Angels for Grayson Long and a player to be named later. Um, Grayson Long, uh, you know, a prospect on their list because the Angels don't have prospects. His twenty three year old arm. I don't know a whole lot about him. He's 23 in double A. Up and down strikeout rates. Yeah. I, I mean, here's the thing. What, what, what we're really seeing here is that um, this is pretty much for a month of Justin Upton. So while he's having a great year, he's probably going to opt out. And that's why the return here isn't, uh, it isn't great. My point, because I griped about you know trading with another team that doesn't have any freaking prospects, um, I understand that they weren't going to get a big return, but dip into the back end of a good team's farm system, not the back end of the worst freaking farm uh, system in baseball. I'm so freaking sick of trading with this garbage team and other garbage-ass teams like the Diamondbacks. Stop for crying out loud. In Eric Longenhagen's write-up, uh, this year, so not that long ago, he didn't even make the top 14. He was an other prospect with an 89-mile-an-hour fastball and a fringe-cutter changeup combo. So Neat. Neat. Awesome. Yeah, so so maybe some of those minor league strikeout rates are based on command. Well, at least he has command and maybe three pitches. And But, yeah, uh, yeah. You'd have to you – just you're kind of surprised that – Upton couldn't get more than that at the first deadline when you're giving away two months of him. That's the the, the real question there, right? Like looking at the return right now, I get it, right? Because it's going to be a month um, and, and, and done most likely. So then why don't you rewind to July and get something saying, okay, at least it's two months here and, and find a team. But the market wasn't there. We saw that with J.D. Martinez. So I guess that, that goes back to that as well. And, and they wanted to get something because uh, Upton had another good month. They kind of realized he was going to leave, so they wanted to get something for him. So I guess I get it. But again, dip into the back end of Milwaukee's system, of Houston's system, of the Yankees, uh, you know, any other system, really. Uh, I would rather them take a flyer on, on, on one of their guys as opposed to the Angels. But you know what? Uh, enough griping about that. Let's move on. The move that came out of that was uh, Cameron Maben. Was, was waived, and the Astros claimed him off of waivers. So This is pretty funny, actually, I think. This is how far we've come with our, I think, our understanding of Park, park Factors and Justin Upton. We're not even going to bother wondering if uh, his power number is going to suffer. No, I, I think he'll be... Uh, I, be fine. I think he'll be perfectly fine. Um, I hope he continues to rake. I've always been a Justin Upton fan. I was pretty psyched when the Tigers got him, but uh, you know... It, it was it was for that one last gasp there. I did, I was I would have always been surprised if he stuck around for all six years, knowing that the Tigers' window was closing. So, uh, yeah, if he had he had twenty six home runs in San Diego, that was the old ball. Mm-hmm. So you could translate that to the old part. Like that was still tough. Petco. Oh yeah, they changed the fences and, and the scoreboard. Too. That big scoreboard that they put. I would, up. I'd say that that's a thirty home run season, basically. And especially with today's ball. And he told me, you know, I have no problem hitting in San Diego. He has that kind of, you know, he's maybe all or nothing. I mean, he does strike out a fair amount and he, you know, but when he hits it, it's a sort of no doubt situation. So uh, I I think he'll hit 30 home runs. I mean, he'll obviously hit 30 home runs this year, but I think he'll stay on basically the same pace. Uh, He is hot right now and he's in, he's always in the middle. He always has those months where he's amazing. Um, so I, I don't know. I, I feel like uh, there, there's no real needle movement on him, but 
Yeah, Cameron Maben, uh, there's a little different story because now, like he, as you said, he's with the Astros. Which kind of makes him worthless. Like, what, where's he going to play? Killed by Marisnik. Aoki's gone. Yeah, I was going to say, was... I just saw that he wasn't bolded on baseball reference. So uh, he was on the Blue Jays anyway. He got, well, he was yeah, long he gone. It's Marisnik. You're right. That, that, but, but Marisnik has great defense. And I think even though Maben has pretty good defense, I think Marisnik's is better. So I don't know that it cuts too much. I, I really think he's Springer a. Springer hurt? Springer must be hurt. Um, I don't see. I, I think they just picked him up to be a oh, bench. Springer. We have Springer in center. I see. So I think mm, maybe you move Springer to left, and you do kind of Maven Marisnik, and this maybe maybe this is the end for Derek Fisher this year. I'm not in general, well, but I mean the, the rosters expand tomorrow, so he can hang out. Oh, he'll stick out. Yeah. I bet you. I bet you it's Derek Fisher because. Uh, I mean, he's been playing okay, but the power hasn't really arrived, and he has, you know, almost you know two to three ground balls per fly ball. Mm-hmm. He's striking out thirty percent of the time, and you know, I don't know. I'm not sure that the Astros, you know, really need to win games this year uh, so much, but they do need to, you know, be. They do need to, I think, know what their playoff situation is. They need to know what their best team is in the playoffs. And I think, you know, getting a center fielder suggests to me that I don't necessarily think Derek Fisher is making the playoff roster. I think that's completely fair. And if and, that's uh, true, that means that they think that Maven can help them in center. So I think is Maven's a righty and Marisnik is... A righty as well. Oh, so a little redundancy there. But uh, just uh, sort of off the top of your head without looking, Maven's defense is better than Marisnik's? I would think Marisnik's is better. Um, both good, but I think Marisnik is is kind of elite. Uh, again, off the top, as far as defense goes, I think that's why Marisnik always has a roster spot is because of his his excellent defense. So, uh, again, Maben's a good defender as well, but I think that that Marisnik kind of outclasses him across the board defensively. Well, it's kind of a weird trade. I mean, it's not it's not really obvious what's going on. It's here. just a, wa- a waiver claim, I guess. So they just figure for free, why not take a shot? Yeah, I guess so. I mean, that's Maybe, the only I thing I can think of. Yeah, yeah. So, I mean, okay, let's let's I mean, move Fisher's on. Then. a lefty, so I guess you could do something with Fisher and Maven, but Maybe um, it's it's exactly what you said though. September, they're going to see you know Fisher or maybe like which one of you can be on the playoff roster. Yeah, and yeah. so I think generally it's probably not a great sign for Fisher playing time wise. I don't think it's a great sign for Maven though either. So if you were kind of he he just started running a bit again, and if if you were relying on him for steals, it's going to be tough because he's probably going to get like pinch run steals, which are frustrating because you might not have him in the lineup when when things like that happen. So those things can be frustrating. So uh, oh, good luck. Oh, you know what Maven that. is? Maven is the Rajai Davis. Maven is yeah. the pinch runner acquisition. Yeah, like for Gaddis. For McCann, uh, well, for the, who's ever starting, you know, late in a game, McCann gets a base knock, Maven comes who, in, Gaddis going to go to catch. Terrence Gore, uh, those the famous ones. Terrence Gore, uh, Brown, uh, D- Dave Roberts, right? Mm-hmm. Dave Roberts, Terrence Gore, um, oh, man, and Rajay. Like, those are the three that are jumping out. Yeah, yeah. The sort of we need a pinch runner uh, in the postseason guy. That's probably why they got him. Yeah, he's faster. And he, he's yeah, probably, he, he's faster than any of them. I mean, we got we can actually look this up now, thanks to Stan. He he could he could be the, the fastest guy on that team. I would 
I wouldn't be surprised about that if Maven was fastest Let's guy see. on the uh, on the Astros now. Here. Should I limit it to, to CF? No, I'm not going to. Let's see here. Where you go? We got Maven. Maven is tied with George Springer. That really, oh, okay. really jumped okay. out at me. And is Altuve ahead Marisnik of them? Is. Oh, Marisnik shows up as faster than Maven. 28.5 feet per second to 27.8. Oh, that's surprising. Well, wow. maybe you need a, a guy. Maybe because Mrznik is going to start some games, you actually need that that runner on the base on the bench. Maybe, maybe it's still a, a theory. It's uh, not so easy to figure this one out. But I don't think that Maven necessarily takes time for Mrznik. If if they're even if their gloves are equal, then you know I think Mrznik's bat is a little more interesting. Yeah, I, I, I completely agree there. Marisnik's actually having a really nice season. 832 OPS, definitely a career year with 16 homers, uh, seven stolen bases, and, play, and playing quality defense. Um, Alex Verdugo, prospect for the Dodgers, is going to be coming up. And this could be like a short-term pickup and play because Corey Seager is going to be out for the weekend with a, with an elbow injury. So I think what that will do is move Chris Taylor in from the outfield. And then Verdugo, a legitimate top prospect, um, could get a look, you know, and it could be three, four games. But, you know, we're, we're at a point here with September where even a, a hot weekend from somebody could could be a difference maker. So I think you take a shot on, on Verdugo and see what's what. Uh, what. What are your thoughts on a 21-year-old outfield prospect, Alex Verdugo, for the Dodgers? Well, you know, the other problem is that Jock Peterson's probably going to be back. Oh, yeah. You know, true. so I'm thinking you take, uh, you take Peterson. I mean, you take... Um, because rosters expand tomorrow, you take Taylor out of center and put him at short, I guess, yeah. or or Kike or Taylor. Anyway, nah, you put, Taylor, uh, those, you put Taylor there for sure. Yeah, I think you probably put Taylor at short. So you put Taylor at short. That leaves center open. You can put Kike or Jock there, and you've still got Granderson and Adrian Gonzalez is healthy and Bellinger is back, and Puig, and Puig. is having the best season of his career. So I, doesn't play as much. Okay. Yeah, that's fair. And, you know, honestly, in general, um, <clears throat> I'm not sure how this will, his game will translate to fantasy. It's an interesting game, right? It's a high-contact, solid walk, but not much else. You're talking about 11% walk rate, 10% strikeout rate, six homers, nine stolen bases. Nice. At uh, six nine there, yeah, a little yeah. combo. Uh, in 495 plate appearances at at AAA for a 21 year old, I mean, it doesn't look too bad. Big batting average 314. Actually, that's not even that big in 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 AAA to be quite honest. Um, right. So I guess you're right there. Like, what what's he what's he really gonna do? I think I'm still picking him up in like 15 teamers just in case he falls into some playing time. But uh, yeah, I originally thought that he would get a weekend to kind of showcase, but. I, I forgot. You forgot rosters were expanding earlier, and then I forgot minutes later. Mine's actually worse since we'd already talked about rosters expanding. The fact that I forgot <laughs> within minutes uh, makes it worse. So I don't know that Verdugo's going to play too much. I think that's a good call to um, not rush out and get him in every league thinking that, hey, I'm going to get some playing time here. But keep an eye on it. You know, Logan Forsythe's still there. He can play a, a whole bunch of spots. Like, there's, they just have talent. And like you said, with the, with Peterson coming back up, who even knows? Um, I want to talk a little bit about uh, hard left here, back over to some pitching. Uh, you recently wrote a piece on Zach Godley and his changeup. 
and uh, I'm curious what your findings were there. Zach Godley's been somebody who, you know, has lived up to his last name in terms of the way he's pitched this year. I know he's he's had some uh, wobbly starts recently where he's given up runs, but still had the skills. Strikeout uh, strikeouts have been there: 26% strikeout rate, 55% ground ball rate. I love a lot of what uh, Zach Godley's been able to do this year. What did you find with regards to the changeup? It's it's a little bit complicated, but it's interesting for analysis reasons. I just to put this aside, I think Godley's really good, and I think the cutter curve sinker connection is is maybe good enough. And uh, almost it almost doesn't matter so much because the cutter is a hard cutter. Uh, I would say that the cutter the cutter has like 90th percentile velocity and gets good whiffs, so that's a good weapon. And it does it has a lot different drop than his sinker and his curve. His curve is really interesting because it's a very low spin curve, but it gets super drop and it gets super uh, whiffs. So I, I think with the what he's got is a kind of a low spin curve, low spin sinker situation going on. Um, where they look very similar and then they break in different directions and at different speeds and stuff. So that that combo is very good and interesting. It doesn't have a lot of wiggle, so it's not going to be a ground ball situation, but it is going to be good for whiffs. And he does get enough off the sinker just from drop uh, that I think he's good for like a 48, 45 to 48, maybe 50% ground ball, maybe he'll hold that, and then also like a strikeout per inning type stuff. So he's going to be a good, he's a good pitcher. But the changeup is really interesting because in a short amount of sample, he's gotten wicked numbers on it. I mean, just like great whip numbers, great ground ball numbers. And Rylan Edwards even wrote a piece earlier this season saying, hey, he should throw that more. It's a, it's a great pitch. Since then, he's thrown it less. And he's thrown it, he's thrown it even less. And... He hates Rylan. That's a, like the weird thing is it's a little undercovered is that Zach Godley hates <laughs> Rylan. Like it's a, it's a fierce battle. So the fact that he's like, he should throw it more. He's like, oh yeah. How about less? <laughs> uh, but one thing that I, I found is that, you know, when you're defining change up movement, you're usually doing it off of the fastball. So you take the fastball and you say, okay, he has this amount of, you know, horizontal movement this amount of vertical movement, and this this much of a velocity gap, and you base it off the fastball. If you take Godley's four-seamer and do that, the changeup looks great in terms of movement. If you do it that way, his changeup has uh, seven inches of drop and uh, 10-mile-an-hour velo gap. You know, big thumbs up. If you base it off the sinker, he has three inches of drop and... Seven to eight mile an hour velo gap, and that those are both below average. And then on top of that, his his changeup is super straight; like it has less fade than his sinker. So I just think that you know, Godley's thrown like ten four seamers this year, so he's not gonna start pairing it with a four seamer. He's thrown eleven hundred sinkers, you know. So it's you know, people are trying to time up the sinker. And if they're trying to time up the sinker and they get a ball that is a little bit straighter and only seven miles an hour difference, <clears throat> they're going to have an easier time with that. So I, I, I think that it's, uh, it's, not a great, it's not a great pitch. It's, it's, it's working in small amounts because they don't expect it and they're, they're, not, they're not doing like a sinker change uh, 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 philosophy. They're thinking sinker or curve. 
You know, so uh, I, I I think that uh, he's going to be a fine pitcher. The changeup, he doesn't need to throw more. That's that's all I was going to say. And I think that is important to to think about when you're looking at a changeup and you're trying to divine how you know how good the movement is. You have to be careful about which fastball you use to define it, and you have to kind of look at and try to find their primary fastball and, and define it off. That. Okay, uh, I'm curious of your thoughts on Godley next year, right? Because he's going to, you know. Uh, barring a, a meltdown in September, it's going to end with some really strong numbers. I think he'll kind of keep keep the pace. He's at 329-111 right now with the ERA and WHIP, uh, 26% strikeout rate. It would take a real uh, fall down to kind of be far from those numbers. So let's just kind of assume he stays on that similar trajectory, a 27-year-old uh, with the big ground ball rate, nice arsenal. What kind of what level pitcher is he for you next year? Does he crack your top? 30 or is that too high off of one year for Zach Godley for you? Well, I think, you know, Steamer projects a, a, a kind of a drop in um, in home run suppression and strikeout rate. And if you look in his minor league rates and, you know, last year, um, you'll see that he, you, you can see why. He, he struggled with some home runs and he's had lower strikeout rates. However, you know his minor league numbers, the the low strikeout rates. I'm not sure how how important those are, especially in the context of knowing that he has this changeup. That maybe in the minor leagues he was throwing a lot more. You know, he was like showing everybody, oh no, I have a changeup, I have a changeup, um, or they were asking him to work on it. So you know, I believe a 13.5 percent swinging strike rate. You know, uh, a cutter curve and sinker that all have something that's in the tenth, in the ninetieth percentile. So have something that you can really hang on to. Whether ground balls or whiffs, you're saying. Yeah, or or movement and movement and spin type stuff. So mm-hmm. there's 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 something unique about each of his pitches. He has three good pitches. He has thirteen point five percent swinging strike rate. He's getting a strikeout per nine, and with a sinker like that, I could see more home run suppression than he's had in the past. So uh, I at least want to take zips here, which has a 381 ERA and a 133 whip next year. That's at least sort of a two, three. And then, you know, um, depending on how your league, uh, wants to draft him, I, I might go higher, you know, I, I okay. not necessarily that not, not that I go higher. I, I want him. I want to buy him at a two, three. I want to buy him at like a three. Yeah, ideally as a three. And I, I could I could see Godley uh, sitting. I, I'm not sure the market is going to go crazy on on someone like Zach Godley. You know, he'll be 28 next year. He wasn't a prospect. I think he'll be one of those where he's going to have his aggressive backers, of which I, I may well be one because I really like a lot of what he does. Um, but then there's going to be others that are just like, nope, this is a fall off. I'm out. And and so I think it's going to be more of a divisive player than as opposed to say somebody like uh, you know, James Paxton that was almost universally uh, loved or as close to universal as you can get in fantasy. Obviously, there's always going to be detractors on on a player. So I, I'm interested in Zach Godley. I think he's going to be um, a really nice piece next year too. I, I really do believe in a lot of what he's been able to do this year. Um, all right, you know, got a little bit more time left here. Uh, let's 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 do some closer updates. It's been a little bit of a while, been a little while since we've done it. I do want to point out that uh, Jeff Zimmerman covered uh, Alex Claudio, Juan Manaya, Shane Green, and Matt Belisle. So if you want to get uh, Jeff's thoughts on those guys, go ahead and jump jump over to the Rotograph side and check out his piece. We, we might do a little bit of overlap on some of those guys. Um, in fact, two of them I definitely want to talk about. Juan Manaya specifically. I want to start with him. Uh, we'll jump over to the Angels situation and then 
we'll hit on any other situations that you're interested in. So Juan Manaya, kind of last man standing with the White Sox. Um, they they offered the job to, to Goose Gossage. Um, <laughs> they offered the job to Mariano Rivera. They offered the job to Kira Sedgwick. That's a really funny joke that if people don't get it, just look up Kara Sedgwick's IMDb and you'll get it. That's a brilliant joke. And I deserve love I will for that. not apologize for it. <laughs> I will not apologize for it. It was very funny and jokes are funnier when you explain them and tell people how funny they are. That's when jokes are the best, okay? If you just trust your audience, that's stupid. You have to tell them how hilarious. Uh, anyway, so Juan Manaya got the job uh, and I think he's going to be able to hold it for the whole month. Is this somebody you want to get you know, uh, five, six saves from down the stretch here. What do you think of Juan Manaya? Uh, I don't think he's going to be threatened too much. Gregory Infante is, you know, a 30-year-old dude who's wild his way through every minor league system and found his way back to the White Sox who drafted him. Mm-hmm. Uh, or maybe the Orioles drafted him. I don't know. It's very complicated to read his history, actually. <laughs> it, it, the interesting part is he debuted in the majors back in 2010 with the White Sox for four and two-thirds innings, and then no major league time until 2017 when he's back with the White Sox. But like you said, in the minors, just hitting up multiple different organizations. I agree with you. I think it might have been the Orioles who originally got him, then the White Sox, Dodgers, Blue Jays, Phillies. Those are just the teams he suited up with in the minors, too. He probably had a few times where he passed through an organization as well. So I don't see Gregory Infante as any sort of threat. He does throw 96, but that's about all you can say for him. Uh, Jake Petrichka's closed before. Are you worried about him at all? Uh, you know what's funny is that the all three of these guys have the same problem. They can't find the zone. They, they can't find the zone. Okay. And that's even a problem for Manaya. So I think that's I think that's the missing ingredient because Infante does throw three pitches and has had you know really good whiff rates as recently as this year in the minor leagues, and so you're kind of like well you know why didn't he have better strikeout rates? I think it's probably because he's thrown from behind the count and having difficulties with that. Manaya has command issues, but has managed to keep his strikeout rate solid and isn't quite uh, on the same level as it comes. I mean he's 26, turning 27. He's been with two organizations. He's had pretty much better numbers across the board coming up, and he's in the role now, which all gives him a, a leg up, even if he's you know a mile an hour shorter than, than Gregory Infante. I think he's in there. Patrishka has had so many issues with his elbow that uh, you know it's nice to see that he's not walking the ballpark this year, but instead he's just given up all the home runs. And I think that used to actually be a strength for him, uh, was that he wouldn't give up home runs, and now he's like, nah, 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 I want to see what it's like to give up home runs. This is fun. Yeah, in 14 and 15, he had a .4 homer per nine rate. Last year, it was up to 1-1, only eight innings. This year, 2.3 for Petrichka. So I don't think he's really a threat. I think Manaya's got it. You're not going to get a ton of stuff. This is a split finger guy. I'm not saying the split fingers hurt you, but you know, uh, if he is hurting, I think it's hard to throw a split finger. If he's changing, if he's changing the grip on that, which he could be because he's right now he's got the worst whiff rate of his career um, and uh, the worst ground ball rate of his career. Like something is not right with Jake Patricia. So, you know, I, I would just uh, I would say that the, the, of the guys that were on the shaky list, he's the guy who is the most in command. Because I, I think, you know, uh, Juan Manaya is. Blake Parker, to me, is... He's been a good pitcher this year. The problem is, I think, that the... the Like you said earlier, the Angels' bullpen is suddenly good. And, um, you know, uh, I think they've kind of moved on from Bud Norris, but 
before Bud Norris's knee got hurt, he was starting to get holds and starting to get big innings again and eighth inning stuff, you know, and was, you know, right there with him. And Cameron Drogen is the closer of the future with the C and the F, the big capital C and the F. So, uh, and he's been pitching well too. So it, it, in some ways it seems like a sort of three headed monster. I don't know. I don't know if they're so analytical that they're going to really play it down to, okay, this guy really struggles against the slide or bring Norris in, or this guy really can't handle change ups, bring Parker in. But um, you know, there might be something uh, th- they can do there or or they just are really conservative with them in terms of usage. And, you know, Parker just did two days in a row. So tonight it's Pedrosian, you know, and we're not going to really yeah. do back to back to back to back, you know, because we, you can't we don't sure. have to. So <laughs> but, uh, but, you know, I mean, at the, at the very least, Parker has more uh, people against him. If he does falter at all, it'll be so easy for them in the midst of a big race to just say, you know what, Parker's still our guy, but we're going to, you know, do camp tonight or, or Bud's back now. And, you know, and they've, they've called it a, a closer by committee. So, dreaded uh, you know, if you, if saves is everything, uh, would you almost favor Manaya to get just for the, if saves are everything and, and ratios, you're not even that worried about them. Would you go Manaya over Parker? Uh, that's. I mean, that's what I'm saying. There's it, it, a case to be made. I mean, if if that's a tough one, the, the case. I think. Yeah, it's hard. It's hard. I, I, uh, Parker's a better pitcher, so and, and there might be more save opportunities. And, it's, yeah. it, that's a really tough one because I do think Manaya's free and clear, whereas, like you said, Parker. How about this Sangwon O? You know, who seems is not as good of a pitcher. As and he's Parker. finally got he got it cleared out because Rosenthal is gone. But Tyler Lyons is is right behind him. But he's a lefty. And they yeah. teams hate lefty closers for some reason. And it, it doesn't rule him out. I'm not saying completely ignore Tyler Lyons just because he's a lefty, but put that handicap out there to acknowledge that they, you know, he's just not, you know, he just doesn't have the the inside track to steal that job as a lefty. Now they do have other lefties, um, Zach Duke's back, Brett Cecil's there, Ryan Sheriff, this guy. I I legitimately thought for a brief second, I realized obviously the color scheme wasn't the same. Uh, but the second I saw Sheriff, I was like, "This dude's got his Players Weekend jersey still going on." <laughs> but that's actually his last name, which is which is pretty yeah. dope. Um, so, <laughs> you know, you got the Sheriff. And I I, uh, I need to actually go. I just found out that I got my appointment wrong, and I need to leave right now. But let's oh, okay. pick a guy who's not a closer right now that we like. Pick one. Okay. Um, I will pick. Oh, damn. Um, Rodas Viscano is the closer. I'm going to pick Hunter Strickland, not Mark Melanson, to take it away from uh, Sam Dice. I'm going way uh, off the board. All right. All right. I'm going to go with Jose Leclerc, baby. Ooh, I like it. I He's do like green it. He's on the, on, the, on the report, but Alex Claudio throws two miles an hour. Yes. And I could just see a couple righties teeing off on that low sidearm release. I just I love I think it. it's going to happen. So uh, don't, don't, uh, don't sleep on Jose Leclerc. I like it. I like it. All right. You get going. We'll be back next week. Eno, take care. All right. Thanks. Thanks for listening.